Welcome to the Voices in Japan podcast with Ben and Burke. On this episode, we talk about some of the ways that Japanese people behave, which is a little bit different from back home, or things that we see here that we may not see back in our home countries. Those include people loitering in convenience stores in the magazine section, sometimes standing there for an hour or more just reading through all of the magazines, the many responsibilities that come with being the first person to get onto an elevator, not wanting to appear rude by counting the change that you receive when you buy something at the store, the custom of giving souvenirs or what are known as omiyage when you go on a business trip or vacation somewhere, strange body gestures in Japan, and much, much more. We hope that you enjoy the episode, and if you do, please remember to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and please also share the podcast with your friends. All right, on to the show. Recently, we did an episode about blowing our nose in public. So ever since we talked about that, I noticed I have to blow my se- blow my nose a lot more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, really? Yeah, you yeah. were saying like you never blow your nose. Yeah, yeah. But now, now I've noticed that I not not in public, but when I go home, I blow my nose. Yeah, almost every time. As soon as I get get in, I'm yeah. like getting tissue to blow my nose. You mean you've started doing that, or you're doing that? And you just never noticed it. Could be one of the two. Maybe having it conscious in my mind makes me want to blow my nose more, even though I don't really need to. You know, it's not like my nose is like running like hell or anything. But oh, now that I go home, I like always blow my nose, even if I don't really need to. Just because, because of that. We, oh, really? Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> Might be wasting tissue paper though, but yeah. <laughs> we'll probably finish when it warms up again. Yeah. Maybe, but. Coronavirus, man, like, uh, yeah, we've also started to be a lot more careful because, uh, by the time we release this situation could be much different, but, uh, man, like Tokyo is about to kind of explode possibly with a lot of cases and stuff. And because it's the start of the uh, fiscal year in Japan always happens around April or happens on April 1st. And so there's a lot of transfers, people coming up from Tokyo and whatnot to Hokkaido. So Hokkaido had kind of flattened the curve, it seemed like, a little bit. But uh, now that could all change uh, because people are moving around the country a lot. And uh, so we're just trying to be more careful about it. You were saying that you went out um, like over the weekend and one of the, to one of the big shopping malls. And you said it was pretty much empty right? on, a, on a weekend, like on a Saturday. Yeah, we took our daughter out for a walk and we went to Sapporo uh, Factory which is uh, one of the main shopping centers. And uh, after we and we took her to the park next door to that uh, to run around and play. And uh, yeah, afterwards we kind of stepped inside to have lunch and there were like hardly anybody, there was hardly anybody in the whole shopping center. And there was like very few people at the restaurants. And uh, so we kind of felt like, oh man, you know, we probably shouldn't be here. We should probably be more responsible and, uh, you know, not be out and about. Um, but even before that, we kind of felt like we had to be more careful and stuff, but you kind of said you were out too. And, uh, what was your impression? Bef- um, yeah, I went out on sat- Saturday for lunch and we went to, uh, like a, a Genghis Khan beer hall. So the main one, like the Sapporo beer garden, that one's closed. Um, so we found one in Suskino cause we just really wanted to eat Genghis Khan <laughs> for some reason. So we went there and we, apart from another couple, we were the only people in the whole hall. But I, I don't know if it was because it was lunchtime, because I don't know, I've never had Genghis Khan at lunchtime before. It's usually kind of a night thing. But that was still open and that was completely empty. But then when we went outside into town, it wasn't super busy, but it was just like people shopping kind of like normal a lot of shops still open so for me it still feels like people in Sapporo or Hokkaido think they have the situation under control so we went uh, we went grocery shopping and that was packed as usual people doing their regular shopping routine 
So, yeah, and then I, sp- I had a, a class on Friday, like a group lesson. So I was asking some of the, some of my students there how, how they feel. And two, a couple of students felt that Hokkaido has the situation under control. They're just worried about Tokyo's situation where they think Tokyo is at the point where Hokkaido was about two, three weeks ago, just before Hokkaido announced their state of emergency. So they think that Tokyo is at that point. So they're pretty confident that um, Japan is going to be okay because of how Hokkaido is now. They think that just Tokyo are going through that cycle and they're just a little bit behind us. So that was a f- couple of students that felt like that, but there were others too that were like, no, this is a, a lot more serious. And they didn't really believe the the numbers that were being published, like the true numbers. But the the people that felt comfortable we're just going by numbers, the current numbers and the uh, graphs and looking at patterns, cycles. So they're, they're not really following uh, what's really happening everywhere around the world kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's definitely a lot worse than people. I mean, it's ridiculous to think that Tokyo has such a slow number or such a low number of cases considering how big of a city it is, considering how close people are like in subways all the time. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, right? Like what, like if Japan is an outlier, but like what is the reason for it being an outlier? Yeah, I mean, that one of those articles that you posted up talking about that and gave some helpful or hopeful possibilities like Japan just always being a clean country or people always, there being like a mass culture beforehand. But man, the way this virus seems to be spreading and the way it seems to work, like there's no way Tokyo is as uh, low as it is right now. And hopefully it's not going to just become like a out of control situation like they're dealing with in the US and in Europe and in other places. Yeah, it seems like we're at a, we're definitely at a turning point in Japan. Hokkaido, I feel a little bit safer, but then the whole new year or the new start of the year of Lola companies and schools is coming up very soon well it should be happening now but like my jobs have been pushed back like one month to to start so the universe the universities i work at that were supposed to originally start beginning of april but now have been pushed back to beginning of may and there is talk of uh teaching online and teaching remotely so i know like some universities have actually uh, made that decision to teach the whole semester online. So I think most universities are probably going to go in that direction. I mean, if they can do that, they should take as many emergency measures, you know, as is possible. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I mean, things that they can push back, they definitely need to push back. I think there's a lot of worry about what will happen with the economy. If there's going to be some kind of a lockdown and that's definitely understandable. And that's a balance that people got to look at. But I mean, the last thing, I think anywhere wants to face is a situation like they're facing in Italy or in Spain or in New York where, you know, it's just beyond the uh, edge already and, and they just don't have enough equipment, enough protective gear for healthcare workers and everything. And I don't see why Japan, I mean, again, in Hokkaido, that curve has kind of been flattened, but in Tokyo, it's just like going up exponentially <laughs> recently. So if they don't do some kind of drastic measure that could spread all across Japan. So, and also, with uh with the transfers at the moment so a lot of people from honshu are going to be transferred to sapporo especially like students mm. so there could be a second wave coming to hokkaido as well if uh if they don't do something about that yeah well university students everyone's going to be coming back eventually so yeah, yeah so that's one worry is uh yeah the, the students coming back from honshu at the beginning of the semester but i guess that's why they're pushing the start date as late as possible. Yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of worrying. So yeah, there's uh, some things here that uh, are definitely different than overseas, and uh, I think maybe people uh, coming here should know more about that, or people manners and here, etiquette. Yeah, I've noticed it, and uh, you kind of found something as well too, right? Yeah, yeah, I, f- I read that article that you suggested the uh, live live Japan, but also found one on uh called youcouldtravel.com so this uh 
this lady. Her title is very similar, very similar title. She makes a, a list of quite a big list, actually. How to behave in Japan, essential Japanese manners and etiquette, uh, which was written in uh, 2019. So, yeah, so I think a lot of the ones on your list are probably on this list, too. Yeah. So you were saying, yeah, the... um The convenience store one? What, yeah, what well, this、about? first one, I mean, I don't know、uh, how it is in the UK, but if I remember back to the US, I don't think you see this too often, but in Japanese convenience stores, there's a very large magazine section that has all sorts of magazines beauty magazines, bridal magazines, sports magazines,、uh, dirty even, magazines. Yeah, dirty <laughs> magazines, even large,、uh, even comic books.、Uh, You know, of all sorts of、uh, different themes. And、uh, yeah, sometimes people just end up standing in the convenience store for a couple hours or at least、uh, all through lunchtime,、uh, kind of reading through these magazines and stuff. And、uh, do people do that in the UK? I, in, well, we don't have,、uh, well, we do have convenience stores, but they're called、uh, paper shops or news agents. Yeah. So they're not the same as convenience stores here. They normally sell. Magazines, newspapers,、um, snacks. So they don't sell the whole variety of things that you can normally get in a convenience store, which I guess is why they're not called convenience stores.、Um, but yeah, you definitely can't just stand there and read a magazine or a newspaper because usually that shelf of all those publications, they're like right by the till. So the, the owner of the shop can see clearly. If you're going to be just, just reading stuff. So you can't just pick up a newspaper and start reading it there. You could, you can just see like the, the front page. And if you pretty much as, as soon as you like pick it up, you kind of have to buy it.、Mm. Yeah. So they, they're quite, uh, strict on enforcing that. Do you ever read the, the magazines? Like you're saying, you, you saw a lot of people just loitering and reading magazines without buying them. Are you, are you one of those people? Which kind of magazines are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I do not actually、uh, stand up because、uh, they're all in Japanese. So, you know, I'm not the fastest reader in Japanese. So, even if I were to like pick up a magazine, I'd just be kind of flipping through it. Looking at the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yes.、Uh, but yeah, I don't want to be caught like somebody walking by <laughs> seeing me looking at some kind of questionable magazine. So, actually, no, I do not read the magazines of the community. How about you?、Uh, sometimes it depends. Um, I usually use the convenience store as a place to wait for someone, like especially in the wintertime because they're everywhere. So I usually meet someone around a convenience store. And if it's cold outside in the wintertime, usually when I'm getting picked up for snowboarding, I'll wait and yeah, flick, flick through a magazine in the corner. But like you, I'm, I'm not a fast reader. So I'm just like looking at the pictures.、Um, The funny thing is that those, like, the dirty magazines are usually, not always, but they're kind of sealed up sometimes. But sometimes they're not. And,、uh, man, sometimes, like, during the lunch break, there's, like, some Japanese salaryman, like, no shame, just, like, reading through a dirty magazine, like, during their lunch break and stuff. And,、uh, yeah, it's pretty surprising that, you know, that they're doing that. But in general, yeah, this is just kind of one of these odd behaviors in Japan that I don't think you see overseas. But yeah, just people standing in the convenience store for a long time reading a magazine. I found one. So this one's on、uh, youcouldtravel.com.、Um, I'm not sure if it's on your list, but on this one it, it is. And it's、uh, don't count the change. So when you buy something, And you get your change given back to you. In England, it's very common to count your change. I've always counted my change.、I'm、not sure about you back in America. I mean, to be honest, probably not all that often.、Uh, or at least have a peak. Have a yeah,、look. yeah. But this says what? Don't count the change. Yeah, don't count your change. So, because it's,、uh, if you count your change, it means you obviously don't trust the, the patron. Uh, not, not, not the patron. Is it the patron? No, no, the person buying it is the patron. <laughs> yeah, the, the owner or the shop. So in Japan, they're, they're normally very trusting of, of people because they usually believe that, you know, there's no, there's not much scamming going along.、Um, and it's apparently rude to count your change because it shows a, a mistrust. So, but, but this one, I mean, it's, it, they say it's considered rude from this list, but I, I don't normally count my change in Japan. The only time I do is、uh, when I take a taxi, basically. 
Yeah, because you said you've been ripped off a couple times. Yeah, yeah, and there's like taxi scams. But I don't, I don't know if I believe or agree with this because I think they tell you like every time they give you your change back to check it, you know. Um, but on top of that, like this kind of reminds me too because we were just talking about convenience stores, but like in a lot of places in the U.S. Like, they won't be very polite about giving you a change back. Just kind of put it back on the counter or something. But in Japan, like, it's like many things where it's done very neatly. So they'll, like, whip out the receipt. They'll put all of your coins, like, in order on the receipt and, like, present it to you in a very clean way. And uh, and I think they say, like, here's your change. Please check it. Um, but it's just kind of like a, a set phrase that they're saying all the time anyways. But they do this very quickly and then like present it to you. So yeah, to be honest, like most times too, maybe because I am used to just Japan being a very trustworthy culture, I don't check it too often. But you know? also you don't really need to count your change because they're kind of counting it for you. Like when they're giving it back, like with the the way they do the notes, when they, they do like one note each, 1,000 yen, 2,000 yen, and it's all in line, they're lined up together, and then they, they spread the change out so you can clearly see it, and then they count it for you. So you don't really have to count it, but yeah, like in England, they'll just have a have the change in their hand and just kind of like drop it like into your hand or on the counter or something. So you kind of need to, need to check it. But in Japan, you don't usually need to, so it's probably... Meaning, once they've counted it, for you to recount it is probably considered a bit rude. Like, you don't trust their counting gun thing. I guess. But especially, like you were saying, with, like, the bills, with the notes, like, they count it, like, three times before it actually makes it to your hand. Because they do, they pull it out, they want to count it, they put it in order, and then they count it again. And then, just like you said, they count it in front of your face. So, sometimes, I'm actually kind of getting annoyed, like, this is taking too long to get my change back. Like, just hurry up and give me my change back. Yeah, but I think, uh, yeah, actually, probably in most cases, I'm not counting because of that whole like trustworthy culture. Maybe I should be more careful about it. Taxis, I think that's that's the place to count it. But even then, yeah, the they kind of spread out the the change usually, like on their little money till thing or the money tray. Yeah, so you can kind of clearly see it. But yes, if uh, if it's late at night and you're a bit intoxicated, you might want to be a bit careful. Maybe double check. Maybe not count it like obviously but check it at least uh the next one on this this list from live japan was talking about bringing back omiyage which is uh souvenirs omiyage so this is uh yeah omiyage is a very uh big tradition or cult part of the culture in japan uh, this means to buy souvenirs for friends families or co-workers after you've been traveling Especially in uh, businesses where people go on uh, business trips, uh, it's very common for them to bring back some kind of uh, sweets or cookies uh, from the uh, location that they traveled to. Um, personally, I kind of like this because it means there's a lot of snacks being uh, provided and stuff uh, at work. And uh, when people come back, it's kind of always something good to uh, to look forward to to them returning and uh, there was another list uh, that came up from this website, jwwebmagazine.com. But uh, what do you think the number one omiyage on this list has been? You mean for Japanese people to give to Japanese people? Yes. So if they've been on like a business trip or something like that? Yes. I would say number one is a Tokyo banana. <laughs> That's right, man. I, <laughs> really? Is that seriously just a guess out of a, a guess out of the blue, or did yeah, you check? Yeah, yeah, guess out of the blue. Yeah, why is Tokyo Banana like so popular? So Tokyo Banana is a uh, man. Yeah, it's cute. According to this website, it's cute, delicious, and photogenic. And um, yeah, they've got all sorts of different banana flavored treats, like cookies or like those kind of sponge cake that's filled with like a cream that's got a bit of a banana flavor to it. So that's the main one, right? The the spongy cookie yeah like that might have been like the original yeah Yeah. it's not like an actual banana but it's got kind of banana flavored cream inside um yeah every time i go to tokyo i buy that because people in sapporo or hokkaido really like it so i usually bring that as a omiyage as well and everyone's always very happy when they get it and usually when people come up from tokyo to visit me they always give me tokyo banana too because i'm always happy to to receive that yeah i usually go for the tokyo banana uh, cookies because i 
for some reason, I don't trust the cream. Like, I feel like it's going to spoil <laughs> or something, but it's probably good for several days, uh, in fact. But, um, yeah, how about Hokkaido, though? What do you think is the uh, – this list doesn't mention anything for Hokkaido, but what do you think is a good uh, omiyage from Hokkaido for people that from are traveling From Hokkaido, here? I would say Shiroi Koibito. Yeah, probably the most famous. Famous, and what is shiroi koibito? That's a that's a cookie, right? Is that yeah. like a cookie with some kind of white cream in between? Yeah, between two biscuits. Yeah, kind of it's, it's not like a runny cream, but it's kind of yeah, like a hard cream, yeah. like a custard cream. Yeah, you know, custard creams. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. So yeah, shiroi koibito is obviously one that's very popular for Hokkaido. Also, like potato flavored. Uh, like chips or these kind of like long style potato chips. Uh, Hokkaido is obviously very popular for potatoes. And uh, so there are a lot of omiyagi related to that. Got some background noise. Uh, maybe my daughter has just came, come home from her walk. Yeah. I heard her just shout my name out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben. yeah. 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 She, <laughs> she always mentions your name whenever I'm doing something. It's like Ben coming. Ben coming? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, other things on this list are beauty products, obviously popular in Japan, Starbucks tumblers, things like that, matcha so, snacks. So yeah. what about if you're visiting um, from abroad, what would be like a good omiyage to bring, you think, to if you're visiting maybe some friends in Japan? Is it good to just bring some snacks, probably some snacks from, from your home country? Oh, so what to bring from your home country? Yeah, so like if you're visiting um, as a tourist what would you uh what would you recommend for someone to bring to maybe a japanese friend that they're visiting or something like that you know it's a good question cuz the easiest thing to bring or to pr- present as omiyage is just some kind of sweets or candy but in fact japan has like a lot of sweets and candy from overseas and on top of that they might even do it better like kit kat <laughs> They've got all That's this true. large variety of Kit Kat and everything. I, I usually request when I have family coming over, I try to request something obviously that I can't get in Japan, which is quite hard sometimes, you know, because like you said, there's a lot of things that they already have here and they might do better or differently. So I usually request the salt and vinegar Pringles. All right. Because they don't do those in Sapporo anymore anyway. They used to. They used mm. to have them in you know, like Don Quixote and, and Costco, but they've kind of stopped doing those. I think the salt and vinegar flavor is not very popular in Japan. They've got to be Pringles? Yeah, well, just because salt and vinegar Pringles, I guess salt and vinegar flavor crisps, but I, I like the Pringles because they have Pringles everywhere in Japan, They but they normally just sell like sour cream and onion and um, barbecue flavor, the original flavor, but they don't do salt and vinegar anymore, and that's my favorite flavor salt vinegar yeah if you can bring something like that or if you can bring something uniquely popular to where you're from i think it's a good idea i actually recommend against candy because a lot of japanese people it seems do not like candy from overseas like too sweet sweet. too sweet the taste is uh is not as good so like i've tried to bring uh cherry flavored candies from the u.s back to japan for um, from Michigan, uh, uh, for as omiyage to present to people in Japan. And I'm like, yeah, just didn't really, uh, they just didn't like it too much. They always say like, uh, there's a kind of a polite way of saying that something doesn't taste very good. Kuchiniyawanai <laughs> <laughs> kind of means it doesn't master taste too much, you know? So let's move on. I have one, um, which is quite interesting and I'm sure a lot of, visitors will experience this and tourists is uh the elevator manners so there are clear elevator manners when you uh when you come to japan so usually when you come to japan and you enter an elevator the first person kind of goes stands by the button area yeah they they become the automatic like butler person yeah, yeah. Buttons, yeah so be careful if you take that position it is your responsibility to ask people what floor they're going to so if a new person enters the elevator you have to ask them what floor press the button for them if you don't ask them they will they either will tell you or ask you you know floor fifth floor please fourth floor please or some people they might even just push the button themselves but usually you got you got to kind of be on it and then when the doors open there's a obviously an open 
and close button. So when the doors open, you have to press the open button to make sure the doors don't close for people leaving and entering. And then once everyone's entered, then you press the close button because there's a little bit of a delay if you don't press the close button and people will be waiting um, and they don't really want to wait too long. So you've got to be a bit on the ball with that. Um, yeah, and I think those are the main responsibilities. And usually being a person at the, the button area, you're usually the last to leave. If everyone is getting off on the same floor, you are the last to leave. And also I've, I've noticed that when, when you do leave the elevator, you, if you're the last person, you also reach in and press the close button as you're leaving. So the door closes kind of directly after you. But sometimes that doesn't work out because the, the sensor kind of picks up that you're still there. So the door will like kind of start to close and then cat maybe you left your arm in there hanging about and then it'll like reopen again so you could uh, mess up that last procedure sometimes so you got to be pretty swift with don't without with you know leaving your limbs in the in the lift before you leave that is a lot of instruction man <laughs> they need to include detailed instructions like that i guess in people's manuals when they're coming over to japan but it's true there are a lot of there's a lot of etiquette involved with riding the elevators in japan and those buttons do work the open and uh, open the door and closed door buttons do work did you know like in a lot of uh, elevators in the us the closed door button actually does not function no i didn't know that yeah, especially in hotels, but they just put it there as kind of like a psychological, like uh, assure assurance to people that like the door will be closing soon. So people, that's why like oftentimes you'll push the button, well, at least in the U.S. and like it won't close. You end up pushing it like two or three times, and finally it closes. You know, so it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, wow. At least, and I've 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 uh, checked this before, so I, I believe it is true. But I mean, yeah, somebody can double check that on the internet. But yeah, but in Japan, like the closed door button always does work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And also sometimes, um, if you can't read Japanese, sometimes the open and close is written in kanji, and they're quite similar. So I would advise. Learning open and close in kanji if you want to be one of those operators because you might press the wrong button by accident, which I've done before, where people are coming in and I've pressed the close button <laughs> and it's almost like crush someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's almost like you're trying to invite a fight or something to happen, yeah. <laughs> but most of the time now they have uh, they have them colored, so green, green and red, or they'll have the arrows the pointing outwards or pointing inwards. That is, uh, I think that's getting more common these days. Yeah, strangely enough, you just went through all that like long instruction about like elevator etiquette. But one thing I kind of noticed about elevators in Japan, like people don't always wait for like, you've got to be very close to the elevator door for the person to uh, keep the door open for you. If you're like 10 feet away or 15 feet away, even if you make eye contact, they will still close the elevator door on you. Is this what you've done or is this what's happened to you? No, I'm usually the guy, well, and actually now I've switched where I do close it sooner, <laughs> but I used to be the guy who would hold it open. And uh, that's obviously very rude to the people who are in the elevator. Uh, but then the other person who's like trying to make it to the elevator, they might end up feeling like they're like being rude to the people in the elevator. So they actually don't want you to hold the door open for so them. So there's quite a fine line of uh, when to when to close that door or leave it open. Yeah, more responsibility that that controller at the at the control panel of the buttons like has to take on. Yeah. So if someone's running towards the elevator, <laughs> would you just close the door? I would. <laughs> and I would. Give I a, could imagine you give them the eyes and like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Right as the door is closing at the end, I would give a little smirk. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Next on this list is about the gestures in Japan. Obviously, Japan body gestures uh, are very different. There's a lot of ones that are different uh, or not used overseas in Western countries, at least. Uh, and this uh, on Live Japan, they gave the they show a picture of the uh, of a man doing the big O, giving the big O with his arms above his head. This is uh, the maru maru sign, circle sign. So this is uh, two of the very common gestures in Japan. One is the maru and one is the batsu. Ben, do you use these maru and batsu? Um, actually, the the maru sign, 
which means okay, right? Um, that is really common to use in uh, snowboarding and skiing. Um, you're going off course, or if you're a group of people, especially, and one person goes first, or for example, if you're hitting a, a jump or a drop off, the person after does the maru sign. Big, big O to say it's okay to go. Right. Yeah. So that's quite common in in uh, winter sports. Um, apart from that, though, I would not really use it. But I, I don't know. Really, I guess. That's, I mean, when when would people use it in Japan? I don't uh, know if you've seen seen it. Well, I've just seen like uh, even in the office sometimes when somebody's like way across the office and like you've been waiting for them to start a meeting and they'll throw their hands above their head and say they're not ready for the meeting or something. Um, there's emoticons on cell phones. Uh, so I think maybe even, uh, I think even on overseas phones, there's uh, the uh, emoticon for the maru and the batsu. Um, yeah, so the maru or the batsu is a very uh, common a uh, body gesture that you might not see in Japan. Pointing is uh, is different here as well. So mm. people don't usually point with uh, fingers. It's uh, it's considered th- threatening in Japan and uh, should be avoided. So especially if you're asking for directions or giving directions, um, you will probably notice that a lot of uh, Japanese people, if they're giving you a direction, you know, for example. They're pointing at the building or go right, go left. They'll usually do it with a, an open hand rather than pointing fingers. And another another thing is uh, when they're when they're gesturing for for people to come over or go somewhere, they won't point as well. So they'll usually what they do they do an open hand and kind of point to themselves you mean to get somebody to come over yeah to get someone to come over yes yeah, it's definitely different when they get someone to yeah come well this over. is actually is a good one they actually put their hand towards the ground and they kind of like normally overseas like in the u.s where you're trying to push somebody away you'd kind of like gesture like brushing away from yourself but in japan they keep the hand in the same position but they kind of gesture to to themselves so this can be especially confusing for people overseas because they don't know if they're telling them to move away from them or to come over to them yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's quite hard to describe for for listeners. But you're saying it's like a straight arm out, and the hand is kind of floppy, right? Like yeah. Flopping back and forth down towards the ground. Yeah. And it's like come here, come here, come here. But it looks like shoo, 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 yeah. shoo. Like so it could be either. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas we would like make a clear gesture of putting our hands like towards ourselves if if we want someone to come over. Yeah. But if we want someone to go away, we would obviously do the opposite. No, I don't know. What would you do? What would you do if you want someone to go away? Usually do the shoe sign (laughs) to a cat, like shoe, 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 shoe. Yeah. Yeah. How about when you're uh, trying to cut in in between people? Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Good. So so they usually like Japanese people, when they're trying to cut through a crowd, right, they put the their hand in front of them like in a karate chop style yeah and then they're, they're actually sometimes doing the karate chop motion like yeah. from their from the front of their head and then whilst they're going through they're doing the karate chop motion and saying sumo saying yeah, go so through. Like, yeah. yeah you gotta karate uh, chop your way through yeah. i think i might have done that a couple of times oh, i'm sure you have I'll probably everyone, do that now. i think that's one that everyone picks up while they're here yeah yeah, yeah the yeah and and it's it's quite useful actually because before i guess i would just try to slip a hand in between some people or just say or just say excuse me and that would usually do the trick but yeah the japanese they like to do the karate chop motion which is quite funny there's also the one where they say like no like it doesn't play and they're like waving in front of themselves in the front of their face like something stinks or something but they're actually saying like no like yeah 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 oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't apply to them or they're saying no about something yeah, well, the last one is when somebody points at their nose. Yeah, like, to mean me. Yeah, me? Right. Who? Me? Huh. We. What do we point out? I guess we point out our chest. Well, you don't point at anything. You just kind of put your hand on your chest or something, right? You right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you point at your chest, I, to me, that still looks kind of Japanese or something. Yeah. 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 And it, it's, it's, it's definitely unique, and they always kind of point to their nose. Mm. And some people even touch their nose. Yeah. Like they like touch their nose like me. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks quite childish, I think. I would I would kinda of imagine like kids that do that a lot, especially mm. like back at home. Mm. But you'll um, see adults doing it. Yeah. Now, so. And it's kinda of, it looks kinda of cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially when like old businessmen are doing it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, this one, uh, this one might be quite a very useful one, especially for smokers. So, recently, very recently in Japan,、um, April first, twenty twenty, the new smoking laws came into effect, which I think a lot of people have、uh, kind of forgotten about because of the whole coronavirus、uh, situation. But yeah, the the new smoking ban came into effect this year.、Um, so. Basically, the smoking, the new smoking rules are: you can't smoke in,、um, you can't smoke in、uh, schools, buses, airplanes, taxis, medical institutions,、uh, administration facilities. But they can set up smoking areas in these places.、Um, but there are quite a few exceptions, which means there's a there's a loophole to this. No, no smoking, no smoking rule or no smoking law, and those areas where、uh, are exempt are private homes, hotel rooms, and、uh, certain bars and restaurants. And the bars and restaurants that you can smoke in are ones that are valued at less than fifty million yen,、um, and they have a seating area below. 100 meters squared. So if they they're valued these bars and restaurants at less than 50 million yen or have a seating area of less than 100 meters squared, it is okay to smoke if the owners put appropriate signage on their premises. I mean, like this place does have smokers, or this area is for smoking. Yeah,、or? this place is okay for smoking. Oh、yeah. wow! So because of this. It's、uh, you know it's very debatable of how effective the no smoking rule is going to be,、um, but this means that only forty five percent of Japanese restaurants and bars and cafes will actually be smoke free. Oh, really? Cause because most of, of them are under that valuation. Or yeah,、something? yeah,、oh. especially like you know family run or yeah family run businesses,、uh, small izakayas. So they probably will have the smoking rule still in effect, but because they're smaller, they're they're allowed to have smoking. Man, they just need to go hundred percent. I wish you know, I you know I understand. I know a lot of people who smoke. You know, I'm not gonna say anything about people who smoke, but yeah, at bars and restaurants, like sometimes it becomes too much, especially if you come home at the end of the night and your clothes like all stink like smoke. To the point where, like, you're even suspected of smoking yourself. I mean, in a sense, you may have actually picked up enough secondhand smoke to be smoking. So、mm. I wish they would just go 100. But... Yeah, they're they're slowly implementing this rule, I guess, because I think if they went 100 straight away, there'll be a、uh, there'd be a lot of unhappy people because a lot of smokers in Japan as well. There's a big yeah, smoking culture here, for sure. Yeah, because cigarettes are so cheap as well, and some cigarette companies or a lot of them are actually owned by the government. So the government make a lot of money from that. So I think they don't really want to get rid of smokers completely because they make a lot of lot of revenue from that. But there are fines. So the fine for、uh, breaking this law is a five hundred thousand yen to the owner, or up to five hundred thousand yen, which is what five thousand dollars. Five thousand yen. Five hundred thousand yen. Yeah, five thousand dollars, right? US. Yeah, yeah. So up to that for the for the owner, and、uh, up to three hundred thousand for the smoker for the offender. So that's up to three thousand dollars if you、uh, break that rule. So, for example, if you smoke in、uh, a really big kind of chain restaurant or inside a department store or something, you could face a fine of up to three thousand US dollars. So, if you're a smoker, be very careful. Where you smoke, make sure you smoke in a designated smoking area. And there are lots of those in Japan, like、uh, in stations. There's like smoking rooms everywhere. But yeah, the the main thing is、um, don't smoke on the streets. So those are classed as、uh, non-smoking areas. So you could be faced up to fi-、uh, fines of three hundred thousand yen. I know I found this article. Uh, which was written in 2018, so it's a bit outdated. But this had had fines if you were smoking、um, on roads or through parks. And in Tokyo, it ranged from 2,000 yen to 5,000 yen, which is what's that? Twenty dollars, twenty dollars to fifty dollars. 
for smoking like in parks or something. Um, Kyoto and Sapporo and Osaka was uh, more like 1,000 yen, so $10, $10 fine for smoking out in the open. So, yeah, be careful of that. They should get out of the parks for sure. Who wants to go sit in, like, in the park with all the nature and then feel a, smell a big waft of smoke coming by, I guess, tobacco, but, you know. But I've seen it quite a bit. Like, oh, yeah, not, yeah. Like, just in small parks around yeah. and um, walking down the streets. I've seen not a lot of people smoking down the streets, but I've seen some now and then. Usually they're, they look a bit dodgy, those kind of people that do smoke, maybe, like, kind of Yakuza-esque, you know, like... Um, and some people that I've seen that, yeah, like when you see it, it's, it's very rare. So it kind of stands out and you notice it. Oh, this guy's smoking. Um, but it's not that common to see. Whereas in England, I remember seeing quite a lot of people just smoking and walking down the street. But in Japan, it's, it's rare and you will be fined if you get caught. All right. Move in the right direction. Mm, smoking, yeah. Well, you don't smoke anyway, Burke, and, and nor do I. Mm. And a lot of people around us uh, have either quit or cut, trying to cut down at least for health reasons. And uh, I think this law is going to help with that too. Uh, kind of last one I wanted to mention was this uh, about Aizuchi or uh, kind of interjections during conversation. This is something that's kind of difficult to get used to when you're studying or learning how to speak Japanese, but they'll kind of like, they'll, they'll give a bit of a response, uh, as you're talking. There's kind of a cadence, uh, to a Japanese conversation where one person will kind of say a phrase, the other person will mumble something back, but just these kind of short, uh, uh, kind of very short words. Right. Yeah, give some kind well, of response. Well, so it's called aizuchi, right? Aizuchi, Which is yeah. like a, a response, conversational yeah. response. Yeah, and uh, it's even more than just like tilting your head. In Western culture, it's obviously very kind of rude to like say something as somebody is talking. But in Japan, if you don't say something, it kind of like they won't be sure if you're kind of like keeping up with the conversation or something, you know? So again, it kind of develops a cadence where like one person will say like a phrase or a sentence and then almost wait or pause for a second for the other person to give some kind of, uh, uh, Izuchi back. And this, uh, website kind of listed some of the commonly used, uh, Izuchi like hai, hai, or eh, or mm, or so this ne, so this ga, ah, so, honto, maji. Naruhodo. Yeah. So you hear all these very common all the time when somebody's talking. Yeah. yeah. What's what's your favorite one that, that you normally use? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I like the eh. <laughs> <laughs> and then overdoing it. Yeah, that was actually kind of there's like isn't there some variety show where they used to like push the button, the eh button when like something was really interesting and see how many eh's it could get from the audience <laughs> yeah. and stuff like putting them Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like when you watch T V and yeah, like a celebrity would say something interesting and the whole crowd would be like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's one thing that I, well, I don't know, maybe I've done a little bit, but yeah, I can never get really get too into it. Yeah, sometimes if uh, if I just want to amuse myself and I'll just try to do the air as long as I can before the speaker kind of calls me out on it. But uh, yeah, I, I usually usually use the, so this ne, so even if I don't really understand what they're talking about, which is quite often with Japanese people. So if I'm talking to someone at a dojo um, at jiu-jitsu and a lot of the time I'm speaking to these guys and I don't have a clue what they're talking about because they're speaking manly Japanese, they're speaking very fast. And yeah, just every time I'm just like, ah, so, yeah, so this, yeah, ah, so this guy. And I'd, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> guessing that. And usually I'm hitting the right, you know, the <laughs> right reaction because yeah. they carry on talking. So they carry on talking. And I just hope that they haven't asked me a question during that time because it's not, they're not responses for a question. They're just responses for, oh, yeah, that's that's interesting. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a bad habit that builds up where, like, you kind of, uh, as somebody who doesn't understand Japanese, like, very well, like, kind of just get in the habit of just always like saying yes or something and then you realize like oh they were like asking you a question and yeah you didn't respond to it and stuff but yeah but i think they're quite important because if you don't use them um the speaker would 
usually assume that you don't understand and they might stop talking to you. Yeah, especially if they're talking to a foreigner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've, I've had to practice when to use them and how to use them correctly. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's better than having someone to speak to you at least because you can keep practicing Japanese. But if they stop speaking to you, then you have no chance of learning. So instead of just, you know, just saying, to, oh, sorry, I don't understand what you mean. Just use those Aizuchis and then they can carry on speaking. Because if you let on that you don't really understand, they'll probably just stop speaking to you completely. That was kind of the last one on my list. You got something else still? Um, are, are we good for time? Yeah, was, I think we've got time it? for just one more. All right. So this one, um, this one wasn't on any of these lists, but one that I kind of asked some Japanese people is, uh, is about driving. So to say thank you when you're driving. So in, in England, and I'm assuming in America, usually to say thanks for someone, for, if, for example, if they're letting you pass before them, you like flash your lights. But in Japan, they don't do that. They don't flash your lights. And as a driver, Burke, what do you do this, this is for what? For passing? Yeah, or? passing or, yeah, if someone let you go before them, um, you know, Oh yeah, yeah. So well, I I think I know this because I've yeah. been driving. You mean like so? Yeah. So, so somebody lets you in yeah. in front of them. Yeah. So what what do you do? Because in in England we would flash our lights to say thank you, but in Japan Japanese people don't flash their lights. Yeah, but they're, they're behind you, right? The yeah, or or, or you know, for example, you're coming down a one way street, or not a one way street, but it's like a two way street, but there's not enough space, mm. and you let someone go before you. Mm. So. In the winter, it's very common because the the sides of the roads are built up with snow. So mm. you maybe you pull over into a gap to mm. let someone go first, and then you overtake. Mm. And in in uh, in England, you'd flash your lights to say, "Okay, you can come." Mm. But they don't do that in Japan. Uh, that situation, I'm not sure. But like, if you go in front of somebody, they let you like into the lane or something. They right. usually hit the. Uh, the emergency blinker is like for a couple seconds or something. The hazard lights. Yeah, the hazard lights. Yeah. 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 So is, that, I, is that the same thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah kind of like that. So, uh, so I asked a friend that, you know, like if someone lets you pass or maybe someone lets you into a turn, into a parking space or something, um, how do you say thank you? And she said that people bow, like the 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 driver will bow. Like to get, get out of the car? Like. No, no. They'll, they'll look through the windscreen and try to make eye contact and they'll be bowing. So oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've had them. friends yeah. in their cars and they're driving and they'll be bowing like whilst they're at the steering wheel to another driver. And I'm like, they, they, they can't see you, surely. Especially if it's dark. <laughs> oh, and if, right. even if it's dark, they do that. Force a habit, maybe. Yeah. So I heard that one is a common way, but also yeah, seen them before, also yeah. men uh, kind of wave. It's, it's not it's not really a wave. It's more of a, like a a salute. It's kind of like a salute, um, but apparently it's a it's a way of a man to say thank you. But they're doing it in a bit of a derogatory way, not the derogatory way, but it's like a looking down. So they only do it to women. They only bow to the women. No, they only do the wave. Oh, the wave, the to, the wave to the women, and it's usually like old men doing it. Oh, it's kind of like waving, like yeah, you you acted correctly. Yeah, yeah, basically, you did a good job. Yeah, so it's so you get away. It's a little bit rude mm. for for a man to do that to a woman, and it's kind of old fashioned because mm. it's usually old men doing it to to younger women. Yeah, as a way of saying thank you, but yeah, I'm higher than you. Well, let's practice this on the way home. We'll see if uh, we can uh, if I uh, can uh, do it to some Oji-san or somebody older than us and see if they get upset because <laughs> we didn't use it correct. I mean, I've seen people like do the whole bowing and stuff. Uh, I mean, I kind of do that sometimes too, but it's a little bit like you don't want to distract yourself uh, from driving correctly or right. safely. So, so bowing. Yeah. Yeah. What about so, nighttime? Saying thank you. Yeah. Uh, just bow in the dark. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, using the uh, hazard lights is uh, yeah, that's the main thing that I go to. Yeah, I mean, you see, like even buses, that if you kind of like stop and wait for a bus to pull back into the street, like buses use it all the time on the freeway or highways. 
uh, in the streets, like buses are always using the hazard flash thing to say thank you. In in England, you'd, you'd put your hand up, right? Like in the, so they can see it behind you. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Yeah. But like in a bus, they probably can't see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So driving etiquette. Yeah. So things to get used to for mm. sure. But I guess as a, as a visitor, most of the time you probably won't be driving unless you rent a car. But, uh, yeah, be wary of how to say thank you. Uh, use your hazard lights is, yeah. is the way, right? Yeah. Yeah, and kind of get used to f- find out where that hazard light button is because obviously that's not something used very often uh, overseas, maybe in Western culture. So, yeah, it's a good thing to know where that is so you can go ahead and say thank well, you. Also, they use it a lot in Japan because they do a lot of idle parking, which is kind of illegal in England. It drives me crazy, park. man, yeah. Well, it's here, they do it everywhere. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, on the side of the road anywhere, you're like allowed to pull over, like even on a very, very busy street. And it's kind of like, seriously? I mean, I can understand if you're like letting people off, but people will use it for like 10-minute parking or something. Yeah, they're not using it for the right reasons. They're usually not in trouble if they're using the hazard lights here, which is kind of dangerous, because if they're really in trouble, and you won't really know. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I mean, I was just thinking about the other. Yeah, it's one thing that drives me. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> Calm down, breathe, relax. Okay. Well, I think we're about that time. Yeah, we're, we've gone through some interesting uh, Japanese manners and etiquette, especially for people if you're visiting Japan. Uh, these will be useful to you and maybe good to refresh yourselves before coming here. I think most people in Japan knows know these already. Yeah, it kind of becomes just habitual. Like, uh, get used to almost all of these now. So, after being here for quite a long time. But yeah, man, like, thank everybody always for uh, tuning into the podcast. Please, of course, give us a rating and review. Please share the podcast, man. We found out like that's a really good way that a lot of people are are learning about the podcast as if they share it with their friends and stuff. Yeah, and leaving that review and rating on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. That will uh, that will help people decide whether to listen to us or subscribe to us, and, and that will help and support us a lot. So yeah, please uh, please do that. Yes, and please stay safe uh, during this difficult time for everybody, man. And uh, hopefully things will turn around soon here. Take care, everyone. <laughs>